Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Ofakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at ofakind.com. Um, I feel like I haven't gotten to fully catch up with you. Even You, had, you were out in L.A. for I a was. vacation for your birthday for a week. Yeah, I was in Palm Springs for part of it. Which obviously um, I was really jealous about. And just upset that you just like, don't like Palm Springs as much as me. And no, I'm glad you said it that way. Because it's not that I dislike Palm Springs. But I just, for it, it is weird because I do feel that we typically like the same things. But I, while I was there, I was thinking a lot about it. Yeah. And I was realizing we just actually really don't have the same taste in vacations. Because I like a beachy resort situation and you're not interested in that at all. Yeah, no, I'm not like, interested I, in that. I just love like a tropical scene. Um, I mean, I, I like all the food at a tropical scene. Yeah. I just don't like spending. I don't like a beach. Oh, I love a beach. You like laying there? What do you do? You lay there? I lay there and I read. I also just love being in the water. Like, I love oh, going mm-mm. into the That's, ocean. Oh, hard pass. Hard pass. I I really don't like the ocean. I just don't like. No. Mm-mm. I love it. I, I, what sucks is that Chris doesn't like it all that much either. Really? He. I mean, he's really, I mean, I think he likes it and he likes sort of the, like, the activities because I really like, like, paddle boarding and swimming I like and the stuff activities like fine. I like the activities fine. Um, but he gets burnt really easily, so he's just constantly putting on sunscreen. Claire, I feel like Chris <laughs> and I actually really need to bond about this because here's yeah. the thing. It's not even that I hate the beach. It's mm-hmm. that I hate the process. Yeah. I hate the putting on the sunscreen. I hate feeling greasy. I yeah. hate it getting on your swimsuit and then there being like a white mark that you can't ever really get away. Yeah. And it always looks kind of like a mess. <laughs> I hate that you always miss a spot. There's no yes, good way. I, that, that shit's real annoying. I do think it pretty soon there's going to be a pill you can take that has that makes, that makes has SPF At some in point it. a while ago, someone, someone was promoting some sort of like, it was like years ago, but yeah. I've like really kept this. Yeah. Um, like a body wash that leaves like a oh. residue on your skin this is something that would convince me to use body wash if there was yeah. a, like, wow. SPF body we wash finally found yeah the you thing. cracked me um, yeah. yeah I just and I feel like Chris where I'm like it's not enjoyable for me to actually be in the sun because I'm right. just worried about burning okay. so that I'm sitting in the shade outside in sand that's just gritty right. and sticking to me I that makes sense to me I just like I love I love the beauty of it I love oh, the it's feeling beautiful. of it yeah, I love beautiful. that you can be super lazy but then also get some exercise and then go back and be super lazy like I, I yeah. love the water sports I don't know I just I really yeah, like Thomas it all feels that way too and I, I think it's so beautiful 
I mean, why am I like try, trying to do something new here? Per, like, to get, get, have people caught on to how wonderful the beach is? Yeah. And I, specifically, yeah. like a tropical beach yeah. scene? No, but anyway, I don't love Palm Springs as much as you. I just get a little bored and sometimes a little depressed there. Um, I, rem- I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I know why you, I, I think part of the reason why you get depressed is because you're not taking advantage of one of the things that I think you would like about Palm mm-hmm. Springs the very most, which is the old people. Yeah. And the old people just living their best life. Yeah, I definitely didn't hang out with any old people. There's a Jewish deli there that you need to go to oh. next time where, you know, people are eating lunch at 1045, 11. <laughs> That's you definitely know. my style. Like there, I think that would help. Yeah. I think if you saw like a lock spread at a table mm-hmm. for four old people, at 10.45 for that lunch. For and me. then you knew people were going to take naps. Um, you'd, <laughs> right you'd be after. like, really? Yeah, I yeah, think that would do it. Maybe that would. All um, right. How did you fare while I was out? Not great. No, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Not great for like a multitude <laughs> yeah. of reasons. Yeah. Very few of which had to do with you being gone, although you not being there. <laughs> I'm, I don't take offense to that. Well, you, um, I think you just know that I fared very poorly, yeah. and I don't want it to feel like I fared very poorly because you weren't there. No, I know. You, um, may, you might have fared better if I were there. 100%. Yes, yes. but it wasn't my fault that uh, you fared no, poorly. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, that's good. Just so the listeners um, are clear. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> you had a snow day while I was gone. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here's something I want to talk about very mm-hmm. briefly before mm-hmm. we move on. One of the hardest things, and I firmly believe this, of running your own business is deciding when, <laughs> when to call snow days. You know what's interesting is that I know that you feel that way because there's so much equivocation <laughs> about it. But I watched, like, from my perch in L.A. how you were going to handle this. And, yeah. like, part of me suspected because it was also, like, it was apocalyptic. And not that it isn't always because that's what, like, the news does. Yeah. But, like, well, everybody ratings, was, like, I'm, yeah. This is my conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's all for the ratings. The weather channels, like, we know they're going to tune in. They're going to refresh the app. They're going to do the thing. We're just going to name it right now. We're going to call it Thundersnow. We're going to, like, crank it up to 110. And we're going. Totally. And so you and I had actually talked on the phone that day for separate reasons. And yeah. I had end of the call I you were having a rough week and I was like you know maybe like it would be okay if you just like actually it's snowing tomorrow maybe just like take some time for yourself and like call it a snow day and like people can work from home and you're like yeah maybe and I'm like okay and then I'm like watching and I'm like watching all of the news and I'm like she probably just had a conversation with the team before they they left because I didn't see it on slack Mm-mm. that you had announced to the Mm-mm. team that the office was closed and then I when I woke up the next morning I saw it and I, that you had you had waited and made the call and it felt very signature Erica's <laughs> Snow day. Well, I told them that I would make the call early. I was really stressed about it. Also, New York City schools <laughs> called it way too early. And then Liz at our office was really upset about it. And she was like, I can't believe they called Oh, well, see, this is a problem. You yeah. have like a partner in arms I mean, here. My yeah. God, I got to keep you two separate next time. I'm yeah, not no, there. I don't know. I don't know. It's all, it's very stressful to me in like a very dumb way. It um, is. Because it just feels like if it's not actually going to snow, nobody's as productive at oh, home. Oh, totally. I think so, everybody's way more productive at the office. I also think... But, like, obviously you don't want to drag people there if they're going to have these really rough commutes and if it's going to be, you know, windstorming. Well, New York is really hard because you're, like, it's not driving, right? Like, nobody's putting themselves in harm's way by getting on the road. So I agree that it is very hard to know. Um, it, it was... There needs to be a resource for this. It was... Just do we go, do we go to work right. today.com. <laughs> 
Totally. I remember what whatever one happened at the beginning of the year was really rough for us because it was our first day back in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was we like we up... hadn't seen each other in so long. And are we going to like really call it a snow day? Oh, my gosh. And it was really, really bad outside. And it we was did, terrible. But we called it way too late. And then it was really annoying for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. Um, OK. I want to talk about one more thing. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Before we tell me what you're yeah. going to talk about. This bag yeah. that we released, um, the suede circle tote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very chic. It's navy. It, it is suede. very chic. It's um, also, I hope it's still in stock by the time this thing yeah, airs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's blowing out. Um, People are very into it. Two dudes on Instagram commented that they think it would make a great symbol bag. Oh, yeah, for like a sim, like a... Yeah, <laughs> like how you're clapping. Yeah, like, Symbol like C Y M B A L. Yeah, totally. Not S-Y-M. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, for your drawing is required. For your drum kit. Yeah, for yeah. your drum kit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate that we have followers mm-hmm. who like will engage in that oh, way because, yeah. yeah um, I think it's really chic. Um, it is. And you should it's check it out. It's a beautiful shade of navy, almost like a denim. Yeah, totally. Suede. Um, and if you're into it, it's 10% off with the code a few things. Today, we have two very exciting guests who have um, the patience of many saints. Uh, At least 100. (laughs) At least 100. We have the amazing Amanda Jesse and Whitney Paris Lamb of the interior design firm Jesse Paris Lamb. Hey! Who recently have helped um, Chris and me to to make our house a home, (laughs) I would say. Would you say that it, that's what you've been doing? It yes. was a pleasure. Yeah, so I, I think that's definitely what they would say. Yeah, if they I were going like to describe it. Also, they would I said. act like it's on. I talk about it like it's ongoing, and she was like, "It was a pleasure." <laughs> yeah, because she's like, "No, we're done she's here. Like, we're done." We care about more. tenses. Yeah, yeah. We have done the work. Um, so, for people who want more information on that, it's they helped you design the first floor yes. of of your of your new uh, um, apartment, yeah. your new house. Yeah. Um, Chris yeah. and I moved into a new place over the summer, and it was um, unfurnished for a really long time, the the first sort of floor area that's um, the kitchen, the dining room, and the living room combined. Mm-hmm. It's and the it's first like this kind of like big, wide open space. Oh, it was such a mystery to me. And I asked I asked Whitney to come over and look at it, and I was like, just just like as a favor, just maybe just like give me some ideas. And she was like, okay, Be like, you put the couch here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just tell me. And then because she's a really sweet friend, um, she sent back full-on like architectural drawings and was like here's what to do and then you know it all just kind of happened from there yeah it's hard to kind of just dip your toes in like when we see a design problem Mm -hmm. you want to solve it yeah totally and but Whitney, you also told me that Amanda is the expert at like first floor brownstone situations. Totally. Well, Amanda is sort of the furniture plan layout expert in the team for sure. Thank you, Whitney. And her um <laughs> my pleasure. Her um approach mm-hmm. with long narrow spaces, which we're constantly working in. Because right, because you guys of, are based in New York. Yeah, and we're uh you know, local to Brooklyn mm-hmm. and end up doing a ton of brownstone and limestone work around hmm. Park Slope. Mm-hmm. And um those are great old properties mm-hmm. but can be really challenging because they're these long, skinny row houses um that have light at the front and the back mm-hmm. but no windows on the side. Mm-hmm. Um and your particular mm-hmm. condition was you know, it's this amazing old mm-hmm historic home but it's been newly renovated Mm -hmm. kind of have this open plan feel which is great for getting light in um throughout the first floor but kind of uh made it much harder to lay out furniture so hard and i was like what 
what did this space look like before? So when we got the home, somebody had already done this sort of interior renovation, like the guts Mm -hmm. of it. So Mm -hmm. when the problem that we were approaching was how do you lay out furniture and and lighting in this space? But these old school brownstones, was it just, were they, were those, they divided into rooms with no lights Uh, or with no sunlight? Yeah, I think there there would have been... um, a center room usually it was divided with like pocket doors on either mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. so that you could still potentially like get that open flow i mean yeah. it depends on the neighborhood and the size and mm-hmm. the style mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. but we encounter a lot of like existing pocket doors mm-hmm. that would sort of close off that central area Interesting. Um, but in your case you know that those walls are entirely gone mm-hmm. which is great for light and air yeah. but just means like where the hell do you put the furniture right because there's not a solid wall it's really hard. Um, so you have these floating islands of furniture, mm-hmm. but then like not using the perimeter of the space even kind of further limits. Um, it you know creates a much narrower and experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, you need circulation around it, um, which is why we ended up doing that kind of L-shaped built-in bench. They did a built-in bench. A beautiful built-in bench. They did. You guys designed and someone else made. But can we back up for a minute? Because I feel like I need to know. Sorry. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, I think everybody wants to know all of this, but I first want to know how you two started working together and how you two know each other. Yeah, so we met in grad school. We both went to Pratt. Um, We were in the master's program for interior design. Mm -hmm. And we were the... The, um, our class was kind of divided into two groups. So Whitney okay. and I weren't exactly in the same like group. cohort. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But we did kind of know of each other. And Whitney says that we didn't like each other in the beginning. <laughs> Interesting. I Which was her different... way of saying she didn't like you. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I, I have a different take on AJ that. AJ likes everyone. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. I see. I see. But Whitney I'm a didn't really cell. like me. Mm-hmm. But she, I think she saw that I worked very hard. Mm-hmm. And yes. she was like, okay, I can... I can hang with this girl. So you guys did this project. Then after grad school, you didn't work together immediately. Not immediately, okay. but we kind of uh, became uh, we kind of became best friends uh, and stayed really close after school. And um, you know, we graduated in '09, so it was right after the mm-hmm. economy had tanked. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we had both been interning at firms while we were in school and were able to get jobs, which didn't happen for everyone we finished school with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it meant that we didn't have a ton of choices. I mean, we both ended, we landed in great places, but Amanda kind of um, ended up at a firm that focused more on decorative work, you know, furniture, textiles, window treatments, floor coverings, that kind of thing. And I got funneled into the architecture department of a bigger firm that did both, mm-hmm. um, which ended up being fantastic for us you know, 10, 12 years down the road when we started our office um, because we both had kind of expertise in those areas Mm -hmm. and have been able to really um, learn from each other very quickly um, and kind of have this complementary set of skills. Yeah, that's interesting. So how do you you, uh, divide the work up on a sort of day-to-day basis? So it's very, very collaborative. Mm -hmm. This is a question I would like love to ask the two of you (laughs) actually, um, because I'm just so curious how other partnerships do it. Uh, But in terms of the creative part of the project, which is, you know, say the first, I don't know, 50%. Yeah. We're both in it like 50-50 all the way. Bouncing ideas off of Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. And we think that's why it works. Yeah. Because um, we have very like different personality styles and kind of design points of view, but they seem to kind of balance and uh, compensate for each other. And is that like, for lack of a better term, like the Pinterest board stage where you're just like pulling all these references and ideas and just like exactly collaging it all together? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. 
Um, and then we also, once we sort of move beyond that initial concepting phase, we have a really rigorous task list. Mm-hmm. We sit down with our whole office mm-hmm. every Monday morning and run through an itemized mm-hmm. task list per project of who's like handling what portion of it and managing. Yeah, this makes me really happy because our team meetings are really boring, I feel like, (laughs) and they feel like very like task oriented. And yeah, this, but that's how you have to do it. I know, I know it's true. And I mean, at this point, I think we have about 14 clients in in different stages. So many. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some clients we've had for, you know, years at this point, and we're Mm -hmm. just kind of doing punch list type things or you know, um, a client who wants a certain piece of furniture, like recovered, smaller yeah. type projects. Mm-hmm. And then we have big renovation projects that we're working on. It's and ground up construction. Ground up construction. So it's really hard to keep track of all these projects if we don't have this like master to-do list that constantly gets updated yeah. every week. And so it sounds like you guys enter projects from all phases. Like someone just moved in mm-hmm. and needs help with like picking out furniture and layout and someone wants to build a house and they bring you on at that stage. Exactly. I mean, our preference is to work on a renovation project mm-hmm. where we can have a say in the shell of the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're not just filling the shell. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so what, is, what does that look like, though? Because you guys aren't doing, you aren't architects, but you do do architectural drawings. Yes, we do. do <laughs> That's like, Explain it. Yeah. Explain yourselves. Well, that gets into like a little tricky territory yeah. because we're not architects. We yeah. can't stamp drawings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if and um, when we are working on an interior renovation, there usually is an architect that we're partnering with yes. to handle the mechanical systems, yep. the HVAC, mm-hmm. um, even and some building code, building mm-hmm. codes, mm-hmm. all the like boring that. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But our training at Pratt allows us to do drawings that are detailed enough that an architect would take a look at them and tell you what's right and wrong with them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and and we can off. speak the yeah. same language. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda, how would you describe Whitney's personality and working style? Well, her <laughs> well, middle <today>. name. Her, <laughs> we have not been meshing tonight. No. Her, her middle name is um, Whitney Pitbull Paris Lamb. So <laughs> I think that perfectly describes how I feel about Whitney. <laughs> Even though we actually believe that Pitbulls are a, like a really misunderstood That's Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, they are. Yes. That is so true. you're tough so, but sensitive? Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. You're a real sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney, how would you describe Amanda? Um, bright and uh, incredibly warm and optimistic and a pleasure to come in to work to every day. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. How you sweet. Guys. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, I, mean, I feel that way about you too. Whit. That's You're hilarious. You like, are fun. We have, up. We, we have, have a really good time. We have fun. That's for sure. Yeah. It I doesn't mean, there really are, feel like work. There are hard days. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah. guys feel the same way. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I saw your office. You guys sit like across from each other. Yeah, from we, each other. Yeah. 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 I mean, at best. Yeah, I was like, going to say three feet. Really I was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you had an Instagram story recently that was Claire was like gone for a day. Yeah. yeah. And there was an empty chair and it yeah. was like a sad. It was sad. It was sad. Yeah. yeah it's sad not having the other it. person yeah, on the other totally. side of the couple's death. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, how would you say that you got, what's your sort of like aesthetic? If somebody's looking mm. for mm-hmm. an interior designer, why would they come to you guys? Whitney, I think you're more articulate at answering okay. that question. <laughs> um, so I would say that we both tend towards a cleaner, more tailored kind mm-hmm. of modern mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to infuse that with um, some texture and warmth mm-hmm. so that it's not just this like clean, cold sort of yeah. commercial feeling mm-hmm. modernism. Um, but within that 
very broad category. We try really hard for um, each project to reflect our client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And to be yeah. really specific to their taste and style and desires for the space mm -hmm. and also the um, shell of the property that we're working in, whether it's a mm -hmm. you know historic brownstone in Brooklyn or a ground up beach barn in Connecticut. Hmm. Um, you know, the site and the space demands certain <clears throat> moves. How well. do you distinguish between what people's actual style is and when they and what they you, claim what they style? think their style oh, is? Yeah, because such you a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we definitely get Pinterest boards from potential clients where it just seems like it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. But we we try to look really closely at that thread that we see kind of connecting, mm -hmm. and and also like Whitney said, we take our cues from the actual space. Right. If a client's pinning a lot of like sunny bright lofts, but they live in um, a narrow kind of brownstone, yeah, right. <laughs> it's going to be hard to replicate in exactly. that space. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I feel like when you guys asked me for inspiration, I sent you like a massive like Portuguese beach some property. <laughs> no, 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 it did, but that was it was great because it, you guys can make this happen in Bed Stuy, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like all white stone. I, that actually really informed, though. It was, yeah, that was Our, a, a great touchstone. Yeah. Um, okay, for, good. You know, clean, tailored, neutral. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, good. Clean, clean, clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if you have a client who you don't agree with, um, how do you navigate that? That's a good question. We definitely um, are still... Uh, somewhat deferential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it is a service-based business. Of course, yeah. And we want people to be happy. Yeah. Um, and and we don't they're live the ones the living the space. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, but we do our best to um, make a very structured case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With lots of bullet point explanations for why something else might be a better, better solution. Fit. Yeah, But that ultimately, if someone really wants something, we're not going to tell them Stand no. in their way. Yeah. I know some designers who do do that. Huh. Who sort of have like a, oh, no, you're yeah, not going to do that. that. Right. And that's just not really our style. Yeah. How do you deal with it um, if you are working with two people, two or more people who have sort of different aesthetics? Mm. So like a couple like or Like a married something. couple. Yeah. Or, yeah, who's living together. I feel like you guys have to play marriage counselor. Oh, yeah. Totally. That happens a lot. It's fascinating. Yeah. Chris and I did not agree for a while over a pair of chair, a set of yeah, chairs. Right. And it was like a real, I was like, I definitely, at some point he was like, what do you think about the chairs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you're I not like, the well, only one. I certainly one. don't want to be involved in this. Or I mean, our yeah. friend Max, you ran into him on the oh street. Oh my God. I'm and like, he was like, Max, what do you think about oh these chairs? <laughs> if you're listening and you haven't been asked about the chairs, I'm sorry. You're in the minority. You're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the minority. You must have done something wrong. Because most people at this point were asked about the chairs. Uh, so guess, funny. Guess, where, guess where it landed. We got the chairs. Got the chairs. Yeah. Um, guess who wanted the chairs. <laughs> right. yeah. I wanted the chairs. Yeah. Me and Amanda wanted the chairs. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, but, with Chris, it was easier yeah. because I know him. I've yes. known him longer than I've yeah, known yeah. you. And so I could text him and be like, yeah. just get over it, dude. You know, yeah. there was like, <laughs> right. you there was none of that like deferential client yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, it was yeah. just like, listen, you're getting the chairs. Your the wife chairs knows what she needs. What are the sort of like trends in design, or not even trends, but just themes in design that you guys are really into right now or, or always? Um, well, we just went to the Architectural Digest show mm. this past weekend. How was it? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we always gravitate towards the made section, yeah. which is like emerging designers, mm -hmm. local designers. It's a lot of textiles. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was a good show this year. I did too. Um, but some, you know, trade shows can be like oh, yeah. hit or miss. Deadly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oof, for sure. Yeah. Just even just getting just out Javits there. Just Javits Center. Just yeah. being yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> it's like, like trying to eat lunch. Right. Yeah. 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 Real exactly. struggle. Yeah. I was really impressed with the Allied Maker booth. 
-hmm. thought the new lighting that they have coming out is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like lighting now, there's a lot of these exposed bulbs. Mm -hmm. You see the source of light. And Allied Maker, what they're doing now, I think, is disguising the source of light. Mm -hmm. And so it's more about like the glow and the quality of light. I see. Um, So they have a lot of beautiful fixtures. They're Mm -hmm. a local maker. We specify them a lot. Hmm. Yeah. They're just like nice, sweet people. Yeah. Yeah. Who are doing, having a lot of success, which is great. Um, and we, we found at the AD show and just in general, um, we're pulling and sourcing a lot of things from the West Coast. Huh. I don't know if it's like a square footage yeah. situation. I where... mean, we've seen a lot of that in, in fashion, too, of like a lot sense. of younger yeah. designers and makers are based on the West Coast now. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, easier. production facilities, I think. Yeah, having yeah. a car. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, your chairs from a studio yes. persona, they're based in L.A. Um, and actually... The like runner-up coffee table we showed you from mm-hmm. Croft House. Yes. all of these are LA makers. We're actually planning a trip out there in April just oh, to like fine. see some of these folks in person. Cool. Huh. Um, something I was thinking of when you heard you guys talking is there. I feel like there are vocab words that mm-hmm. fe- that like come up with like renovation or design projects that you don't know until you go into it. Oh. Like punch list, right? For and, specify. and specify. Should, right. Yeah. Yes. Can yeah. you give us kind of the rundown of those terms? So what's a oh. punch list? A punch list is basically you finish a renovation and there's like those last minute things yeah. that the GC needs to do. Like maybe, what's a good example of a punch list item? The countertop on Claire's the Island. The countertop yeah. on Claire's Island. It's if like, you're like painting a baseboard. Yeah. Like, guys, yeah. just get the job done. Yeah. And little things like painting I don't know, a baseboard. I feel like a or like, painting a baseboard yeah. or like an electrical mm-hmm. socket that's incomplete. Exactly. Okay. Like exactly. Yeah. And I think it's hard when you're working with a GC because it means they have to get the electrician over for one mm-hmm. minor thing when maybe yeah. that electrician has moved on to a bigger project. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to like wrangle those people to come in to kind of like finish the job. Yeah. So it's like the last like 5%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. or even yeah. like two okay. percent, exactly. but it can right. last the like cherry on a top. Year. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depend- it's like very sad how yeah. how the punch list <sighs> can linger if you don't have so someone, annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't have Pitbull, Paris Lamb, or Bounty <laughs> Hunter Jesse, <laughs> yeah. and cracking the whip. Yeah. Um, and specify what specify. specify. Um, I mean, with furniture, or textiles, or fabrics, we don't yeah. like to say we're shopping for something. It's yeah. really yeah. about sourcing and specifying because okay. there's. As you may have seen with the built-in bench that mm-hmm. you did, Claire, yeah. um, it's not just there's the the mill worker who's making the bench. Then yeah. there's the upholster who's making the fill. Then there's the fabric vendor who is making the fabric. And that yeah, fabric yeah. has to ship to the upholster. Mm-hmm. And so it's specifying because there tends to be like a lot of steps in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it requires a lot of like detailed paperwork. I'm precision. glad you explained that. Because so many people asked about that bench and who made it. And I was like, it's eh. not like that. It's not yeah. like that. I was it's like, not a person. Well, this yeah, one guy people. made it, but then this right. other person designed it. And like, yeah, it's yeah. really, it was it was quite a collaboration and very involved. That's right. And a mill worker is not going to price anything like that until they have a detailed set of drawings from their designer. Right. So that they know wood species and construction methods and mm-hmm. scale and all of that. Well, yeah. that was the thing, too, when in this phase where I was like, Whitney, just come over and tell me what to do. She was like, well, put in a belt, built-in bench there. And I was like, cool, so who'll make it? And she was like, no one's going to just make it for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> she, like, no offense, but you need a professional. We were also looking at diff- all these different fabrics um, for the upholstery that's for on the top. upholstery mm-hmm. that's out on top, but also for the whole room. Like, what what did we want curtains, and we wanted to make sure it all went together and pose yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So then the fabric, when we decided on that, and that was a whole other thing that I 
just, I, I guess I was like somewhat aware of, but not super aware of. As we're looking at all the fabrics, we're talking about them. We're like, well, well, that one showed dirt. And Whitney and Amanda are flipping it over and being like, well, this can withstand like 7 million rubs, yeah. which means like you can sit up and stand down, you know, stand up and sit down. Three and a half million yeah. times. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For roughly five years. <laughs> yeah. And like it's hotel quality. So you should be able to spill some coffee on it, but only for 30 <laughs> seconds. And like it means you'll have about Wait, 15 what? extra seconds to get the paper towel. But but don't leave it. Claire, like, you it are was, such a good client. You remember all of this. Because yeah. it was well, wild. Because, because, also, because here's the thing. Because coffee spills on that bench are something Claire needs to be really aware yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Big a, yeah. Big because she's right. lying down in the morning drinking her yeah. coffee. Well, that was... Like actually lying down drinking coffee. That's <laughs> she, yeah. She totally filled us in on that. That was that, <laughs> that was design brief at I, the beginning of the project. I was going to say I skipped a stage. I started late. Like the first thing was like, yes, we need furniture for the space and we would like this, that, and the other. And I need a place to lay down in the and morning. Take a and that and was take like, my coffee. That was the whole thing, actually. Because I feel like if I hadn't had to lay down, we could have just gotten like a normal day bed and put it in the middle yeah, no, of if, if you didn't need like a, yeah, what's it called? Couch. A fainting couch. Yes. <laughs> it's done all kinds of different things. That's right. No, it really would have opened up so many possibilities but i do need to lay down with my coffee and yeah and these women were like no no yeah, problem no problem too big for us right. we'll solve it so um, when you're looking for inspiration images for fainting couches where are you yeah. going great question. great question great question uh well we're definitely we use a lot of pinterest yeah um, what are you searching for how are you like or is it just that you know the you accounts just know to you're just good at this stuff yeah um yeah that's a good question I mean, we sometimes we're entering search terms, and other times it's like there are certain people who just have beautiful yeah, yeah, collections yeah. of yeah, images. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we also have like a huge library in our office where we're pulling uh, from design books mm -hmm. and design history books, hmm. uh, scanning in images, that sort of thing. Okay. Do you have any couple favorite books right now that are just your like go tos that would make good coffee table books for people just in general? We're do we're doing a renovation in Soho right now, um, and we're pulling a lot of details from the uh, Maison de Verre in Paris mm -hmm. by Pierre Charot. And there's a couple of really beautiful books out about that particular home. Interesting. That, um, I would recommend. I'm trying to think what else. You guys also like, I'm going to butcher her name because it's just escaping me right now, but Ilsa Crawford. We love oh, yeah. Ilsa Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. Crawford. Yeah. yeah. I remember referencing What's her, her deal? Um, well, what's the name of her book? Can't remember. Well, there's a great episode of um, that Netflix show that's just called On Design. Right. Yeah, oh, what it's called. yeah. Yes. Um, that's all about her, and it talk. And she's so interesting because she's done, um, you know, all these really great public spaces. She, I think, she's done all the Soho houses. Hmm. Um, but she did a big IKEA collaboration mm -hmm. as well. Yes, mm. we love her IKEA collection. Yeah, we did a um, an office for a podcast network. Oh, interesting. Yeah. For, for Gimlet, for Gimlet Media, yeah. Media several years ago. And um, it was a somewhat temporary space for mm -hmm. them. I think they're in the process of moving into a bigger office now. And um, they had these amazing cork top table mm. from the Ilsa Crawford um, Ikea line. And <laughs> they were sold out in Brooklyn and kind of all over the country. So we ended up hiring a task rabbit. And what? sending them to Pennsylvania That's to smart. purchase the last, the last two, two oh my gosh, center leg cork tables uh, from IKEA in like this is the problem BFA, solving you need yeah. yeah yeah totally that's amazing mm. it's kind of crazy but it worked out yeah definitely and he was lovely I think we still have his car <laughs> <laughs> we do but we're now like, you got this Pennsylvania task rabbit task you rabbit it hasn't like yeah. worked out again As, yeah since. totally like, yeah. yeah 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 thank God it for was New just York that City, one moment yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where it really worked out for us. Um, 
how do you think about making sure that the client isn't going to get tired of like statementy pieces and mm. things like that? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I think it depends on the budget for the project mm-hmm. and um, the anticipated renovation cycle. Right. Mm. We have some very wealthy clients mm-hmm. who renovate every 10 years or so. Wow. So and you're so, like, yeah, buy the red chair. What yeah. could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, yeah. there's just less of, um, you know, an expectation that yeah. it needs to last for the next 40 yeah, yeah, or yeah. 50 years. But I would say generally we we don't follow trend yeah, too closely yeah, yeah. and don't do a lot of super splashy crazy things. No, you things. don't. Um, I just, for my, like there was certain stuff where I was like, you were presenting beautiful stuff and I was like, I'm just worried. I don't plan on ever doing this ever again. Right, I'm right. planning on retiring on that fainting couch. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And like, I'll I remember- just put that cushion in your coffin. It'll be great. <laughs> <That's right>. Yeah. <laughs> just bury me there. We'll yeah. get you a little L-shaped cushion. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Another question I have is, what what do you think is one of the like biggest bang for your bucks if you mm. don't have the budget for an interior designer, you don't want to redo an entire room? What do you think are some of the things that can really spruce up a room? Effectively, um, it's really basic, but repainting, yeah, um, does so much, and refinishing floors. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we always tell clients to do, even if they want to keep the wall color that they have, is paint the ceiling. Oh, um, wow! It just always gets. What color do you paint the ceiling? White. The same, a oh, white, white, always, always white, white. Huh. always super white. Um, do you have a favorite Moore, white? Super white. Oh, yeah. Moore, super for the white. ceiling. Okay, okay, okay. We have a different white we like for the walls. Okay, but um, what's the white you like for the walls? Well, it depends on the weather yeah, and the yeah. condition, yeah, okay. but we like Chantilly lace a lot, which okay. is like a little softer. That's we, also a Benjamin Moore? Yeah. Okay. We use White Dove quite a bit. Okay. Um, cotton balls. <laughs> How Are do you, you decide between these whites? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, we, you know, have just spent hours. <laughs> You've spent a lot of time with these whites. Of our yeah, yeah, these paint yeah. colors. Yeah. yeah, and they look different in different lighting conditions and uh, different, you know, north-facing, south-facing exposure that kind of thing cotton balls has a little bit more yellow in it white dove is a bit grayer exactly and so it depends on a client's palette for like the fabrics Uh and what other colors that are in the room do you ever do colored walls or are you not colored wall people um sometimes we do yeah yeah we we finished a project in soho uh, about a year ago that had a lot of bold color um Hmm. the main living space was still um it was called damask white, which is actually like a pink, a very, mm. very, very, very soft pink. But the rest of the rooms had like crazy, bold, colorful wallpaper. Oh, cool. wallpaper um, is fun. So, yeah, I think okay. we do use a lot of color. Just we're, we seem to like white walls. <laughs> Are there any colors that you hate? Mm. Um, me, yes. Amanda's favorite thing to say is... My favorite thing to say is there's no such thing as an ugly color. I disagree. <laughs> Royal purple. Actually, that's, yes. that's the it's color so that, horrible. That is the Have color that I think, no, but I really? thank you for affirming my no, I hate really want somebody to write the article on this because it's, so so, it's like the only color that I think people hate, and I've met a lot of people who hate it, myself included. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. I try to like think of prints. Yeah. And like, ju- no. like okay, purple is, can mm. be good, but no, it's no. a bad, it's a bad color. color. It's a bad yeah. color. Yeah. Um, you know what? Another good tip. Um, we did a little series with you on the site about your some of your interior design tricks, oh, Whitney. Right. And another tip I liked that I haven't acted upon um, somehow is dimmer switches. Yes. Yes. That feels that felt like a big like aha moment for me. Absolutely. Just being able to control the light levels as the light outside changes over the course of the day 
is key and as the function of the room and your mood changes. Um, yeah, and it's totally. such a cheap, simple thing that you can do. If you can't afford to actually have an electrician come in and install a dimming switch, yeah. you can usually with a floor lamp or a table lamp get a little like plug-in manual uh-huh. dimmer. Slide thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're emotioning. Know, yeah, know I'm like you searching know. for yeah. you know. the yeah. word that yeah. slides up and down. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just an easy fix. <gasps> Interesting. Um, do you guys have um, do you have a lot of reupholstering and stuff like that that you do, or like restoring old furniture? Mm. We do. We yeah. actually just restored this really traditional settee for mm. a client. It was upholstered in this. Cousin of a fainting. I was about to say, that's right. It actually is sort of a fainting. Yeah. But it was covered in this like burgundy velvet. Yeah. I was thinking velvet as soon as you said burgundy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we we redid it in this like deep blue mohair with a contrasting linen for the seat and it completely transformed the piece. We love that when clients come to us with existing pieces that need a little bit of love because it adds it's got the history, it's got yeah. the texture, and if it just needs a little sprucing up, it also helps with the budget. Yeah. And if you're working on a limited budget, um, your chances of buying a new sofa mm-hmm. within on the cheap, budget, yeah. it means you're going to get a piece of crap. Yeah. And you could like use an older piece and just spruce it up and have something much better quality. How do you huh. decide if something is worth reupholstering? Because like, for example, I don't really like my old CP2 couch, but I doubt it's worth reupholstering. <laughs> your face for example yeah. i mean i would say that probably yeah. the the yeah. construction quality yeah. the, the frame and the kind of fill that was used on a cv2 sofa yeah. would mean that you would put more money into it uh, in terms of yardage and labor right. to recover it than what it was originally worth okay and and how are you making that call you're just kind of looking at the pieces yourselves and saying like i think that this could withstand another another lifetime yeah and yeah. just knowing if we are able to tell where it came from mm-hmm. and how long it's already been around helps. Um, I have, I'm, I feel like all of Whitney and Amanda's sources are kind of useless to our audience. Cause you guys have all these like B2B relationships, but um, I follow this amazing um, company on Instagram called Chairloom that does reupholstery. Oh, have yeah. you guys yeah. used them? No, we have, we have not, them. but you mentioned them. But yeah, yeah like I feel like they're like a cool good thing. consumer facing yeah, 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 option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. judging on the work they're that I see like pictured frame on their bridge, site, exactly. which does picture framing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't, I haven't used them, so I can't, I can't but offer personal testimony. For but for sure. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like those things are hard to find. Like you guys, all yeah. of your sources are like, well, it's this like little old lady out in like the east end of Long Island and she only like answers facts. And it's like, cool, that's totally useless to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way. It's yeah. great that there's a consumer option for yes. that because um, that's like the most frequent question I get from mm-hmm. my neighbors and my yeah. co-op. Yeah. Like yeah. 15 people have asked me for a, re- oh a reupholsterer. Fascinating. What, where, where, what do you guys think about rugs these days? I feel like rugs are having such a moment. Everybody's got to have a, but they're expensive. They're yeah. so yeah. expensive. <laughs> but I feel like I've learned so much rug vocab in the last five years. What have you like, learned? Um, uh, a, <laughs> What's the, oh, I just lost it and I knew it. The one that's just straw, basically. Um, Jute? It could be Sisal. Sisal. Okay. That's hemp. the one I learned recently. There's a lot of hemp rugs out yep. there. Um, and then there's like, you know, the Berber rugs mm-hmm. and the overdyed. Yeah, overdyed is a big mm-hmm. thing. I just feel like there's so much happening. And I, as this was another thing when we started working together, you were like, you're not into rugs, huh? Because I didn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like, yeah, it's just like intimidating and I don't know what I like. And so I have just mostly gone without rugs my entire life. Also allergies, you know, gather dust. Mm, Right. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, 
for the most part, advocate for more affordable rugs. Mm -hmm. So much of our client base are young families mm -hmm. um, with dogs oh, and yeah. messy kids. Mm -hmm. And um, unless you have a really big budget mm -hmm. to support uh, like the cleaning of the rugs. Yeah. yeah. And, and just and a replacement. Really, yeah, yeah. Or just something really, really well made, uh. which is going to be like really, really expensive. Um, we do a lot of, like, West Elm rugs. Mm. Um, and in terms of trade-only sources, well, actually, Armadillo has a retail arm. But yeah, my rug is rug, from Armadillo. Yes. And I was was in L.A. last week and driving down, I want to say, Melrose, and there was an Armadillo uh, st storefront. They're amazing. They're an Australian-based company. Hmm. Everything's woven in India. And the price point is really good. It's custom in terms of sizing and color. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's not, like, fully custom yeah. you can't just invent a rug with them but within but their there's designs so many yeah. options mm -hmm. um and it's a really we use them a lot and they do Good a lot of like sisal know. and jute and mm -hmm. the woven natural thing in addition to the marled line which is which what, is you what i have with. how do you think about like what I, the thing that i've never understood is like what the rug is supposed to be doing um like is it supposed to <laughs> is it supposed to make a big statement and bring all the colors is it supposed to just this fade into scary. the background like you know a lot. and I, I like it a lot i mean it speaks to my it speaks to my general lack of skills with interior design period what is the rug supposed to be doing <laughs> i just that's what i don't understand i'm like you sir what are you doing here? am i wanting it to like make like be the accent color in the room am i wanting it to just well, like not disappear but in your in your space yeah. claire it works really well because you have this long open space where kitchen dining and living mm -hmm. room are combined and the rug grounds yes. the living room it breaks it, up it, the space exactly and yeah. it creates the living room zone that i very yeah that makes sense to me as he's a, a room divider yeah least, exactly that's what he's supposed divider. to be doing it's it's yeah. indicating a border <laughs> yeah. yes yeah that makes sense. He's working to me. hard in, yeah. in your living room. They're also um, dampening sound, yeah, softening your experience underfoot. Like there's a lot of um, kind of non-visual. But do you feel like for the most part they rug. should just be neutral and sort of like blend in? Or are you a fan think, of like I a big it, bold graphic rug? I think it really depends on the project. Okay, all right. So for no you, easy answer it, here. yeah, for you it was definitely. Um, still a neutral palette yeah but it was a moment where we could introduce a little bit of pattern mm -hmm. that kind of tied in the very clean elements yeah. uh you know that you had chosen for the rest of the pieces true I think the thing for me about all this and I've said this to you guys before but like I I trust my sense of style when it comes to clothes but that's mm. because I've been getting dressed every day since you know <laughs> I was a kid and so you know you come to be like okay I know what I like to wear when presented with a room, I'm like, I've never done this before. Like, yes, I'm an, I, I thought I should know because I was like, I'm a visual person. I'm an aesthetic person and I or I trust my aesthetics and I I should be able to pick all this stuff out myself. It was so intimidating to me because it's not a daily part of my But this existence. is something we've recognized in peers too, that like yeah. people who are like super fashion-y are like, oh, yeah. that home is not what I thought it would be based no. on their personal right. style. No, yeah. well, yeah, but that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. But I think that especially, I think now because of Pinterest and house and all these things, people do well, feel the like they can we have to people's yeah. interiors. Right, yeah. so mm -hmm. you feel like, you, you feel like just if you are a person who thinks in terms of visuals that you should be able to apply that to a home. And what I have found is that, at least in my case, that is very much not true because there's such a language that's different um, than than just like basic, you know, getting dressed or painting yeah. a picture or whatever it is. Well, and I think there's like a, a trade skill set. Yes, of course. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. exists, um, you know, in terms of being able to draw a furniture plan and mm -hmm. measure and study scale and proportion 
and it's not know how things will combine in a space without them being in the space exactly yeah. and like the things you are mm-hmm. good at like bringing textiles together mm-hmm. and accessorizing and looking at texture and color mm-hmm. um that all applies to interior design but the sort of foundation that we always work from is mm-hmm. this uh you know dimensioned furniture plan and like studying scale and proportion and balance before yeah. we sort of put the cherry on top of all the fabrics and colors and things yeah um, and that's just that's a skill we learned in school and on the job like anything um, else you know I have one last thing I want to talk about before we go um I was really obsessed with Mandy Moore's um, mm. home <laughs> building um renovation project yeah. or not even renovation just build um project. no it was renovation she bought a like a oh yeah I guess home. it was yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. renovation sorry yeah mm. with Mandy Moore you're the authority yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> renovation project um and something that i experienced during that that i just need more insight on is the install day oh yeah the installed Mm -hmm. days so there were like two or three days when everything was being put brought into the space and like the like you know the beds were moved in the sheets were put on the like cupboards were filled with the glass jars can you explain how a very fancy person makes that happen yeah i want to know too this is how we typically work. Okay. And, how, and it's and it's easier because a client comes in and it's the big reveal. This did not so happen happy. with me. No, you still have no. <laughs> I still have a kitchen island exactly. without a countertop. When on things it, yeah. trickle in, it gets yeah. a little harder to kind of keep your See, eye on the prize. Yeah, totally. You know? Um, it doesn't give us that HGTV moment. Exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But we work with clients and and what we do is um, we establish a storage facility. These are people in a different economic bracket, but we'll get there. Receiving warehouse. (laughs) A a receiving warehouse. I'm sorry. (laughs) And as items trickle in, the receiving warehouse will inspect what's coming in. Wait, oh, so the receiving warehouse is doing quality control too. Exactly. So are these aren't? This isn't like um, Manhattan mini storage. These are people who are trained to be receiving. Which is why Whitney corrected me because this is like a a whole other level. Yeah. Okay. But like a single, but an individual, if they were moving into a space, could rent like a storage unit and have things shipped there. Or no, um, actually, I don't think you could. Yeah, I don't know if you could. No, no. Yeah, I mean, okay. it would have to be well, not you have like to be a man many okay. It would have yeah. to be at least be a step up from that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have to be manned. Like, there's like I a will human not tell there. Manhattan mini storage who said that. About <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They'll yeah. make a billboard about it. Yeah, I watch out. I, I was yeah. say, I love that Einstein space billboard on the FDR guys. <laughs> advertising's nailing it. So then you're shipping everything oh, there and they're exactly. quality controlling it. Mm-hmm. And then day of. They create this inventory with oh pictures. And, and so we know exactly what has come in and how and the condition of it. And then we set up an install date, usually like eight months from the start of the project oh at gosh. least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sometimes um, a year. Sometimes a year. And we have two geniuses in our office who handle all of this stuff for us. Um, in the most amazing way, um, they log into the online system. Uh, if something's broken or damaged, they figure out the like nightmare of returning it to the vendor, getting it fixed, and getting it back. This in is a like Mandy Moore's way. anthropology, anthropology bed that didn't bed. show up. <laughs> that yeah. Apparently, she didn't have the support that you have because, as I understand it from Erica, she was she was taking matters. No, I think into her she did. Listen, here's what I think happened. She was being the pit bull. I think that she did have a lot of support. Okay. I think that a lot of things were going right. I think that maybe this bed was marked as delivered, but didn't ever show up to the warehousing wow. facility, and mm-hmm. nobody double checked it. Mm-hmm. And day of anthropology wasn't responding to the team that was in charge of this so Mandy Moore was like that's it I'm on my Instagram stories and I'm gonna like and Mandy Moore does not go negative on social media but she did for that anthropology bed I'll tell you what so sometimes sometimes you just gotta take matters into your own yeah, hand, totally. to your own Instagram sometimes ordering uh, we 
you have those experiences more frequently with retail purchased items. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no, like, yeah, hating on anthropology, but yeah. it's just, you know, it's a big machine. Right. It's you're ordering, like, like, via e-commerce or exactly. something. What yeah, are some of your favorite, um, just for a regular person, just buying the furniture themselves, having it delivered straight to their home instead of a storage <laughs> facility? Um, for just, like, are... regular person furniture <laughs> shopping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite um, resources? For furniture, <laughs> um, we actually we're we're working on a project in East Hampton right now where we're mm-hmm. using a ton of anthropology. Mm-hmm. They have two teenage daughters. Hey, look at this! Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the highs and lows of yeah. the anthropology. Exactly, right. and yeah. it's you know the house sort of has a modern bohemian vibe, mm-hmm. so anthro is perfect. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, a lot of Serena and Lily on that project mm. too. Oh, okay, they have um, some very nice things. Yeah, and we like this high-low mix. Yeah, totally. Um, bringing in some retail yeah. pieces, but my budget go-to is always vintage. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to yeah. ask about. And is that a lot of just pounding the pavement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are great sites um, like First Dibs. Of course, mm-hmm. it's more of a trade-focused resource, but mm-hmm. it's you it's know really anyone can fun use to it. Search, yeah. Um, and it can also be like a bit more high-end, but um, Cherish. Yeah, find yeah. like mm-hmm. a lot of really, I've purchased really things from Cherish. Pricing. Yeah, and yeah. that's um, Cherish, like C H A I R I S H. That's right. Yes. 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 Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I keep I forgetting we're not for on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're because just like, like higher on. <laughs> um, and yet you you guys found a vin- like uh, what to me looked a lot more expensive than it actually was just a glass coffee table. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And with it's chrome actually... legs. And I felt like you showed me several options. And I was like, wow, I feel like this is like a secret that there's all these beautiful vintage glass coffee tables mm-hmm. online for not that expensive. Yeah, that was that one was very affordable. Yeah. And that was from a vendor we work with a lot uh, who's based in New Jersey. OK. Um, and when you aren't doing the vintage shopping online, wh- where are you going to do it? Like, are you going to Brimfield? Or are you going to smaller towns so you're not dealing with New York prices? We uh, have done Brimfield in the past, Mm -hmm. and it can be, like, a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, as you know, am from Mm -hmm. North Carolina, and until very recently was back there three to four times a year, um, going to flea markets, um, the antique tobacco barn in Mm -hmm. Asheville. There's just, like, a lot of cool antique and vintage stores, just really, really reasonably priced. Um, And that's how... My personal home is furnished mm. for the most part. It's just like great steals and deals That's from those cool. sourcing trips. That's really cool. Um, we'll put in the name of the book. I can't remember, but I just shouted out a book in 10 Things last week that has the most amazing tips for like vintage shopping and flea market shopping. Oh, yeah. What it was really nice. good. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's really smart about like here's the etiquette and here's what and the to vocab. Look for. And exactly. Yeah. Which, yeah um, people just scare people away. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Like I yeah. would be very intimidated to go to Brimfield, but this little pocket guide was useful. Um, thanks so much for coming on, you two. This thanks was fantastic. You guys were great. So Thank good. You for this. Um, that's the show. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, leave us a review, and now Spotify. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. And if you want to advertise, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints. Our audio editing is courtesy of Liz Smith, and we record at Alex's house, a.k.a. Showbiz Studios in the East Village.
So many of you guys write in and ask about our theme song. It is called Butterfield East, and it is composed and performed by the Soulful Saints. You can check them out over at DallaRecords.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.